Hey, my name is Tiffany Vaughn, and I'm on a mission to help regular people like me find their voice and then use it for lifting themselves and others up around them. I'm a small town mom to three kiddos with my hubby James, and man, have we been dealing with a lot. But isn't everyone? I lovingly call it our hard, beautiful journey, and I bet that yours is too. In season one, I tossed the bricks from my shoulders that were weighing me down. Bricks that represented shame, embarrassment, regret, loss, you name it, I was feeling it. I am now taking those bricks and building up a stronger foundation for myself and our family. I've created this safe space for me and you to open our hearts and our minds and to use our voices to help others know they are not alone in their struggles. Mental health, marriage and divorce, infertility, parenting, and some soul journey work are all topics that we discuss here. Let's be real for a minute. Life can definitely be hard, but it can also be so dang beautiful. Am I right? So pull up a cozy seat, grab your beverage of choice, and join me as I help others talk about their hard, beautiful journey. I know they will inspire you as much as they inspire me. So let's get started. Hey there, friends. Welcome back to Hard Beautiful Journey. This is Tiffany Vaughn. Have you ever had an anxiety attack? If you've ever had one, you know that they are just absolutely terrifying. And while you're having one, you feel like you're legit going to die from not breathing. Afterwards, they can leave you feeling drained, exhausted, and even shivering uncontrollably and definitely emotional. It does feel like your body just wants to shut down. I'm so thankful that I've only experienced one anxiety attack in my life, but it was so, so bad that I will never forget it. And I now have endless compassion for those that struggle with them. My guest today is a very dear friend of mine from high school. Shauna is here to talk about her very painful struggle with anxiety amongst other very difficult health challenges that left her on her knees, begging God to help her. And wow, did he ever. I can't wait for you to hear her story as it left me in awe of what can happen when you put your faith in something greater than yourself and surrender. Here is my interview with Shauna. Hi, Shauna. How are you? Good. How are you? So good to see you. It's so good to see you. Oh my goodness. Shauna and I have a very long history. <laughs> Don't we, Shauna? <laughs> yes. <laughs> we went to the same high school and you came in grade 11, right? I did. Grade yeah. 11. So I was new to McCoy High School in Medicine Hat in grade 10. And for those who went to McCoy High School with me, you might not have seen me in grade 10 because I hung out in the library. Yeah. A lot. <laughs> <laughs> And then grade 11, Shauna shows up as a new student in McCoy. And because I had been in, been there in grade 10, I was like, I'm going to get her. I'm going to ask her if she wants to sit with me for lunch. Yes. <laughs> do you remember I that? Talking about this. I do. It's, I, it still means so much to me. I was so intimidated. I was so alone and you, yeah, you wanted to, oh, that meant so much to me. Because it was, in my, yeah, it's horrible. Yeah, it was horrible, right? It's, it's yeah. a hard 
feeling when you're new to a school, especially yeah. in high school. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And so, yeah, as soon as I saw you, I was like, I know exactly what she's feeling right now. Oh, yeah. So, and oh, that made all the difference. Yeah. For her. Wow. From then on, that. we were tight, right? Yeah. Yes. So tight. In fact, that I think I actually, no, not think I know I lived with you for <laughs> <laughs> That might be a while. My My mom and dad definitely would remember this for sure, because I said, I'm out of here. I'm going to live with Shauna and her family. And yeah, I was, I I stayed with you for Uh, a while. Yeah, you did. (laughs) It's funny how that comes around. And like, we've had similar situations with our kids, (laughs) leaving our house. Oh. Yeah. And now you're probably like, oh yeah, I remember when Tiffany Oh did yeah. <laughs> and what were we thinking taking this kid and send her back home? <laughs> oh my gosh. It was, yeah, interesting times for sure. So, and then of course, um, Shauna and I, we lived together and then I was in your wedding. So we have a long history. Yes. Um, but then, you know, as life goes on, you don't see each other as much as you'd like to. And But then one day uh, we went back to Medicine Hat and I happened to go into the establishment where Shauna was working and I saw her and it was in the absolute crazy part of the early stages of dealing with Avery and her ADHD diagnosis and the struggles we were having with her. And I remember you, you recognize the look. There's yeah. just a look. There is. That, that, I can pick it out. I can pick it out anywhere. Yeah. And it's just desperation. It's confusion. It, it's like you, you don't get what you're doing wrong. You don't, you just yeah. don't get it. And mm-hmm. you just are looking for somebody to say, I got you. And yeah. you did that that day. And I will never forget that you are the first person to actually um, show compassion mm-hmm. outside of my family. Sorry, outside yeah. of my family, yeah. you were the first person to show compassion and understood exactly what I was going through, what James and I Aww. are going, what we're going through, mm-hmm. and that there's options. Yes. And you were the first person to talk to me about medication, yeah, and how it worked, how it didn't work, and yeah. so I think. Obviously, I am extremely grateful for that because you were actually the one who led me to understand that there are options for dealing with your health. Yeah. Not just your kids' health, but your own health. Yeah. And so that's what we're going to talk about today in a multitude of ways. And I can't wait for Shauna to tell me some of her stories. So where do you want to start? Well, what I want to talk about is mental health, advocating for your own health, and anxiety. So I thought I would just start off. Anyways, thank you for saying all that. Like, sometimes I don't know if I'm an encouragement to others, but I can definitely relate to what you went through, and I know how hard it is. And often, like, I felt alone a lot of the time because not a lot of people around me were dealing with that. Mm -hmm. So we've dealt with infertility as well, and ODD and ADHD Um, and then my own mental health crisis of anxiety which was created by lots of stress we opened a business 
um, ran three kids around and I really ran my body down. And often I would think um, what I thought about overworking yourself was just that maybe I'd take a couple of days off and I'd feel better. And I was about to find out that, you know, when you put your body under a ton of stress, and you never take care of it, um, that there can be some fairly significant things that come up. And anxiety was what it was for me. So my story starts uh, a number of summers ago. Summer was always tough for us because in the business, my husband and myself are there most of the time. But when summer comes, one of us has to be at home with our kids or wants to be at home with our kids. So summer was always a tricky time. And that particular summer, we had had a really difficult June. Um, uh, one of our kids had a change of teachers and all these assignments were due. And my son actually developed pneumonia. And to say the least, it was a horrible June. So we we're coming into July. It's been stressful. Summer is hard for us. So I'm probably a bit anxious about summer. And that, that particular day that everything kind of hit, we were going to uh, the leisure center with a friend. And, you know, I can relate to your stories of <laughs> the story that you told about you would never take your kids to the pool. <laughs> um, but yeah, or just trying to get them all in the vehicle. And that that day, I was trying to get there on time to meet our friend. And I felt a, a, this big knot in my back, kind of like a knot in your throat, but it was in my back. And I, I could just feel this pressure, but I was ignoring it. And I ran back in the house to grab something. And there was this little tin on the counter. It, they're called chill pills. And they're kind of like these gummy bears. And, you know, we needed to chill out in our house a lot. <laughs> so stuff like that was probably everywhere. Yeah. And so I popped open this tin, even though it was my kid's stuff, yeah. and I popped one of these in my mouth. So I must have known I was pretty stressed that day. But anyways, I popped one in, got to the leisure center, and I'm sitting with my friend. And then all of a sudden, I get this sensation that comes over my body that I'm really, really unfamiliar with. And I just make some excuse, I'm going to go find the wax room, and I leave. And uh, as I'm approaching the ladies washroom my it's getting worse and worse and worse and I don't know what's happening and I think I'm dying I think I'm having a heart attack and I remember looking at these two men standing in front of the men's washroom and I thought I need to ask them for help and then I don't and I go into the ladies washroom and I'm in the washroom by myself and the funny thing about that is that um, I've taken first aid probably eight times. I was a lifeguard. So one thing that they say is never, you know, if you're choking or in a crisis, don't go off on your own. Well, I've taken that eight times and I went off on my own and I'm in the washroom by myself and I'm panicking and the feeling is getting worse and worse. And all I can think is, I don't, maybe I need some water. So I walk over to the sink and I start drinking out of the tap. Mm -hmm. Trying to get, and then I'm splashing my face. My hair's all wet. I've done my makeup to meet my friend. My hair's wet. Can't get the sensation to go away, and I feel like I'm just going to drop dead. It's slightly, um, it's like a wave. It kind of goes away a little bit. So I back myself up into a stall, and I lock myself in a stall. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> you die in the stall. But I stayed there until, and then slowly it just went away. And I had just had my first anxiety attack and I didn't know it at this point. Um, stayed there for 10 minutes, went back to my friend and she looks at me and she's like, what is going on? My hair is wet. <laughs> no longer wearing makeup. And I'm just like, I don't know what just happened. I'm trying to explain it to her. I couldn't have been with a better person that day. Oh, she good. deals with a lot of that stuff herself within her family and herself. Mm -hmm. So she was perfectly uh, calm. And she just said, well, just sit here and let's see what happens if it happens again. 
so I said, okay. And she, so I, as I'm sitting in there, I, what I later found out is humidity was a trigger for me. So any oh. stress on your body would set me into anxiety, but I had never had a problem. I grew up in a pool. Like I, you yeah. know, it just was such a weird thing that happened, but slowly as I was sitting there, it happened again. And so she, she says, here, have a drink. She in this Starbucks iced tea or something. Yeah. And I grabbed it. I popped off the lid, stuck my fingers in, pulled out the ice cube. <laughs> <laughs> things in my mouth. Oh, I think I still owe her a drink. I don't think I've ever replaced it. And then, and then I popped the lid back on and I'm sucking out of her straw, like just trying to get this thing mm-hmm. to go away. And it just goes full blown again. And I can't breathe. And I'm just like, yeah. I, I just tell her, I think I'm dying. Like, I don't know what to do. So she takes me outside. She says, let's just cool off. Let's sit outside and see if it goes away. So after sitting outside for about 20 minutes, I said, yeah, I'm good. I got to go home. I got to take my kids home. I got to go, go to the hospital. So and she said, are you okay to drive? I'm like, yeah, <laughs> bad decision. <laughs> don't go. <don't>. So, <laughs> But I have no idea what this is. So mm-hmm. my kids get in the vehicle. I go to drive home and I'm at the top of this great big hill. And I have another full-blown anxiety attack. I can't see. I can't breathe. I It's one lane down, two lanes up. I can't stop. And I'm just freaking out. And somehow I get to the bottom of this hill, which took forever. And I pull into a parking lot, call my husband. And he comes and my brother takes my kids. And I said, just take me to the hospital. Like, I, I think I'm dying. Mm-hmm. So we get to the hospital and then I get the diagnosis there. Um, and he says to me, have you ever had anxiety before? And, and like, as a teenager, no, I hadn't, I had no, this is a first time experience. And so he said, well, I don't know, we've ran all these tests and, and nothing is showing up, but I, I think you have anxiety. So he pulls out a little blue pill, the Ativan. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what this is at this point. And he said, I want you to take this. So I took it and everything went away. Mm-hmm. So he sends me home and says, follow up with your doctor. So that's where things kind of got interesting for me. Mm-hmm. Super scary. Like it, if you've never had a real anxiety attack, like anxiety isn't just worrying about things. It's a physical, it, it, it's debilitating actually. I've had one and I, I can completely understand that feeling of you're actually going to die. Oh Yeah. And sure. I, I had to be taken in an ambulance when yeah. mine happened because right. I quite literally couldn't breathe. Yeah. And James was taking me to the hospital and they had to call the ambulance because I was not breathing almost. Yeah. So it's scary. Yeah, no, it's true. Yeah. It's really, really frightening. And I had one of those on top of another, on top of another. So, uh, so yeah, it was, it was really something. Um, so leave the emergency room. I've got these blue pills. Um, the next, uh, I book a doctor's appointment. So I get in to see my doctor and after lots of questions, she decides that I need to go on an antidepressant, which was really confusing to me because I said, like, I'm not sad about life. I'm not depressed. I don't feel any of that. Why am I going on an antidepressant? And she says, it's just how we how we deal with this kind of stuff, kind of in your forties, this kind of stuff can happen. And I'm like, really, are you saying that I'm in menopause? (laughs) But she just said, no, it can happen. Like some people it's nothing. And some people it's this kind of stuff. And, and, and obviously it was brought on by stress because I had a very stressful life. So I did not want to go on the antidepressant, but I took it because I never wanted to feel like that again. So Mm -hmm. I got the prescription and uh, it, I was supposed to start the next morning at 10 a.m 
And uh, I was really nervous that morning and I was talking to my husband about it and he was saying, you know, I think, well, let's just go, you know, we're going to give it a try. Let's just try it. So I took the pill and I had lots of anxiety that day still. And I was having a rough day. They, I mean, it's obviously takes a long time for that stuff to kick in. So uh, by about nine o'clock at night, I was just wiped out from the last three days. And I kind of crawled into bed and I was reading a book and this is where things get scary. Mm -hmm. So I, all of a sudden I start getting these random weird thoughts in my head. And I wish I could say it was about butterflies and unicorns and tropical islands, but it was super evil. Like you should do this and this and random, like really weird stuff, thoughts that I have never had in my entire life. So I am freaking out and I'm like, where is this coming from? What, what is, who's talking to me for one thing? Mm -hmm. And <clears throat> what is, what is this? And so I was scared spitless and within a few minutes, I'm alone at this point. Within a few minutes, my body starts shaking. Like I'm just shaking and my arms, it starts in my arms and, and then it moves like across my entire body to the point that I'm shaking so much. I don't feel like I can even call for help because my vocal cords are vibrating. Like everything in me is vibrating mm -hmm. and I'm having all these crazy thoughts and I'm literally, I, I feel like I'm losing my mind. And I call my husband and he comes in and he looks at me and he comes and kind of holds my body because he's like, what are you doing? Like, mm -hmm. why are are you shaking so he's trying to figure out like am I doing that or is her body just shaking right and yeah. and I'm like I don't know what's happening like I I can't control the shaking and I'm having these weird thoughts and like I feel like I'm going crazy I need you to take me to the emergency room so our kids were all tucked into bed and they're old enough to leave alone um but we we made our way to the emergency room and I, after waiting a couple of hours, super frightening, I get in with this doctor and he says, show me everything you're taking. Show me everything. I had a whole bunch of stuff because I'd been to emergency. I'd been to my family doctor. And so I pulled everything out and there's probably some vitamins in there. I don't know why I had it all in my purse, but I guess that's where I had everything. And so he looks and he, and oh, my doctor had also given me with the antidepressant, a something that lowers your blood or your heart rate because my heart was racing all the time. I couldn't drive. Mm -hmm. So it was kind of weird. I had all this stuff and he looks and he says, so are you telling me you have all of this stuff and you have not been to a psychologist or a psych psychiatrist? And I'm like, no, I said, I can't get an appointment for four weeks. So I just was in emergency with anxiety, you know, several days ago. And he's like, well, this is ridiculous. He says that you're on all this stuff and you're not under proper care. And I'm like, well, that, like, that's the medical system. I, I, this, I'm just trying to live here. I'm just trying to get by day by day. And, and so he's like, well, I can tell you right now that antidepressant, you should never take that again. And I'm like, there will, I will never touch that to my lips again. So yeah. there's no problem with that. But I said, Tim, but what I need is I need this to go away. So what do I do? And he says, well, let's try taking the Ativan and see if your body will settle down. So I had to pop another Ativan and everything calmed down and went away. But those thoughts that were running through my head, that stuff, for whatever reason, it kind of stuck with me for a while. Like it took a while for that one pill to work its way out of my body. It was super, it was really frightening. Mm -hmm. Um, so I have so, so much compassion for people with mental health and schizophrenia and any kind of, you know, psychotic episode like that is just, 
so scary terrifying terrifying and if it, it for months and months and months like it, it, i was so scared because i didn't know what actually happened mm -hmm. so what actually happened is i was overdosed so a number of months later so i lived with that for a long time wondering what happened nobody could tell me even my family doctor nobody knew why that happened which is really weird as well mm -hmm. because it's actually if you read the prescription it's that stuff is actually listed there as a side effect so when I was talking to people saying, why do you think this happened? Um, nobody could tell me, but my church brought in this speaker that was talking on mental health in the church and how sometimes the church, you know, we want Jesus to heal us. And so we, we don't, we look at mental health differently. I think that's changed over the years, but it was an incredible seminar. And I had a chance to go speak with him afterwards. And I told him what happened. And he said right away, he says, oh, I know exactly what happened to you. And I'm like, really? And I said, what happened? And he said, they overdosed you. He says, just because something is an average dose for a woman of your size, doesn't mean that's going to be a good dose for you. Mm -hmm. He said, so this is a really good tip that he gave. And he said, so anytime anybody starts an antidepressant, they should start with a pediatric dose. They should mm -hmm. never start with the recommended dose because this is exactly what can result. Mm -hmm. And he said, after 25 years of practice, I never start my patients on, on a regular dose. I always start at a pediatric dose and then I move up. And he said to me, you would be perfectly safe to take that drug again if you so choose. <laughs> I was like, never, never, never. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but I did discover um, ways of treating anxiety without that. So that's something that I'm going to talk about. So um, this was the summer from hell, and it was about to get worse. Mm. So um, I uh, went to the emergency room, took my Ativan, uh, followed up with an emergency appointment the next day with my doctor who had just prescribed this to me the day before. Mm -hmm. And in that appointment, uh, she was doing walk-in. She was rushed. She was really upset with me for some reason. And I don't, I, I think it was just, it was just odd, but she, she said to me, are you still taking the Ativan? And I said, well, I, I took it last night, but she said, well, that's, that's what you do. So from now on, when you have an anxiety attack, you take the Ativan. Well, I had looked up Ativan and it's addictive. And so mm -hmm. I, I was very to get addicted to Ativan. And so she said to me, you're not dealing with addiction today. So this is how we're going to treat this for now and follow up with me in a week. So I was pretty upset about that, but, but I, I had no choice. I, so um, a funny thing about uh, getting addicted to Ativan, I, so, uh, <laughs> I was scared about addiction and I, for whatever reason, I was trying to distract myself all the time by watching Netflix and different things dealing with this anxiety. Mm -hmm. So this one night I'm watching a Netflix about um, addiction, mm -hmm. <laughs> not a good decision. But <laughs> I start, I start crying, and my husband's like, "What's wrong? Like, why are you crying?" And I'm like, "I'm, I'm just afraid I'm gonna become an alcoholic, and I'm gonna become a drug addict." And he's like, "What?" Like, he's just trying to take me in, and he's like, "Okay, Mahan, you would actually have to drink alcohol. You'd actually have to take pills to become an addict." <laughs> so I went from crying to laughing, but it's just like you're so out of control when you have anxiety yeah. you can't <laughs> you can't really rationalize you're much. not rationalizing and and he was right but in my defense what I was thinking is I couldn't get this under control so mm -hmm. I was scared that I was going to have to try something like alcohol or try something like drugs to get it under control and so that was really where that was coming from but uh yeah that was kind of a funny moment um of, 
a few weeks or a few, I don't know, maybe a couple weeks after that, my brother-in-law showed up with a bottle of wine at our house and my anxiety was probably at a five or six. Mm-hmm. And I did try to drink the wine and my anxiety went to a 10. <laughs> so there so was no, there there was no way I was becoming an alcoholic. <laughs> no. And you that's probably that. the last alcoholic beverage I've had since then, just because I know a lot of people around me have come out as alcoholics and I, mm-hmm. I just have no use for it anymore. But um, whatever reason I tried it that day and I'm glad that it, yeah. did what it, did. it was helpful that it proved to you that you didn't need that. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, so a few days after, um, coming back from my doctor and she telling me about the Ativan, um, I developed a cough. So I've always been pretty healthy. I've really only been in the hospital delivering my kids and I didn't think much of it. I've caught a few colds and, you know, some flus in my life, but mostly in my family, everybody's getting sick, but me, I, I used to have a really strong immune system. So I didn't think too much of it. And I just, uh, state, I was already in bed anyways with anxiety and I had a cold now. So I thought, and seven days later, um, I couldn't breathe. I already couldn't breathe because I had anxiety. And then I, I actually developed pneumonia. Mm, not so good. because my system was so run down and my son had had pneumonia, uh, I, I caught his pneumonia. And, uh, so once again, I'm phoning my husband saying, okay, now I really, really can't breathe. Like, and I, that day that I went to the doctor again, I really thought I was dying. Like I could not, I couldn't breathe hardly at all. And by the time I got in, we did go to walk in. She listened to my lungs for about 10 seconds. And she was like, oh, she was like, you have pneumonia and it's your lungs are crackling. Like it's really mm. bad you, you've got to go get these antibiotics and she gave me these two puffers so in the meantime I'm telling her about my anxiety and letting her know you know how things have gone and she didn't think anything of it and just gave me this prescription so uh we filled the prescription and I started the puffers that day um so what I didn't know what they didn't know is that if you have anxiety and you take a steroid which is a puffer you're going to have anxiety times 10. Oh, no. And I had no idea. And it was already really bad. But I started these puffers, not too much happened the first day. But by the next day, my body was completely out of control. Like, you just can't. Oh, breathe. my God. And so I can't breathe, because I have pneumonia. I have it's, anxiety nine times 10, like it's at a 10 all, all day, all day long. And I have no idea these puffers are creating. I just think my anxiety is getting worse. And then one of the things that the doctor said to me when I left the office is don't stop taking these puffers. Like your lungs are really bad. And until you can get to your doctor again, and my doctor was on vacation, don't stop taking these puffers. So I'm trying to follow the rules. I don't want to die. Like, and so I, I take the puffers for three weeks. I suffered through debilitating anxiety like to just so, so out of control. I dropped 30 pounds in the course of six weeks and I couldn't eat. I had this weird vibe, like buzzing feeling from the top of my head to my tailbone, nauseated all the time. It was just brutal. Um, so I just instinctually stopped taking the puffers because I, I just must have known that this was creating this, mm-hmm. or maybe I had missed the dose once and I had better anxiety. So I just, I couldn't deal with anxiety anymore. And somehow I just instinctually stopped, stopped taking these puffers. But within three days, I felt again, like I was dying, like I could not breathe. And so I'd heard kind of along the last few weeks about this breathing clinic that you, that you needed a, 
um, a specialist is a specialist appointment, but I heard there was one in the city and I just called my husband. And I said, okay, I don't know what to do. My doctor's away. Drive me to this clinic and I am going to die in their foyer. Like, mm-hmm. I, because like, how am I going to get an appointment? And he's exactly. like, really? You're going to, I'm like, no, I'm just, I just need to do something like I, so take me there. And he did. So I told him to stay here. And in 15 minutes, I'll text you. And if I don't come back in 15 minutes, come find me. So I get into this office and this lady, this really friendly, happy lady looks at me and says, do you have an appointment? And I just <laughs> start bawling. I'm crying and I'm blubbering. And she's like, oh my goodness. She's like, come in, come in. And she pulls me into a room and she's like, what's going on? Like, who are you? Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, oh, and I just told her my story. And I said, I don't have an appointment. I can't get in to see my doctor. Like nobody's around summer holidays. And then she said, don't worry, we're going to help you today. And I was just like, really? And she's like, yeah, just give me a minute. I'm going to go talk to the therapist and we're going to see you today. I don't know when, but for sure, we're going to see you today. I was so relieved. And this lady got me in immediately, like within 10 minutes, I was in seeing her. Oh, wow. Amazing. And she just went through everything with me. And I just told her my story. And I said, I think these are causing my anxiety to be out of control. And she said, well, there is a good possibility of that. And, and then she said, but, but I said, but I need them. I can't breathe today. And she said, so let's do a test. And, and she kind of told me how, how we were going to run it. And, um, and then she said, you'll probably know by tomorrow morning, whether it's creating this problem with your anxiety. Mm-hmm. So uh, that was great. And we, uh, I did go home. I followed her instructions. And uh, the reason I I just was scared to go back on the puffers because they said, don't start and stop them. So I had her confidence that I could start them again. So I went home and I took it at nighttime. Nothing really happened. But by the next morning, I took the second dose and all of a sudden my anxiety was out of control and I'm in the pit of despair. Like I now know that for the next so many hours, I'm going to have to live with this 10 anxiety. And so I'm feeling really, really down. And that's kind of when one of my first miracles happened. So I am in the pit of despair. I now know I cannot take these puffers. So I have no idea what's going to happen. Can't breathe from anxiety and can't breathe because I have pneumonia. And I'm trying to distract myself for the next few hours because I know my anxiety is brutal until this puffer wears off. And I go onto Facebook and there's a message for me. And I open up this message and it is this lady from my church who just out of the blue sends me a message and says, God woke me in the night. And he wanted me to pray for you. Oh. And I was like, what? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it's this big, beautiful prayer of God putting a hedge of protection around me. Yeah. And um, just this big, beautiful prayer. And I don't know what you're going through, but I just know that I'm supposed to pray for you. And oh, I was just like, okay, God hears me. I'm not alone. Mm-hmm. I, I, he's, he's with me in this. And it was just so comforting. Oh, no um, kidding. And then That's that beautiful. wasn't the end of that day. So a couple of hours later, so I'm, I'm still full of anxiety, like doesn't help that, but it just was comforting knowing that I, that that happened. Mm-hmm. And a couple of hours later, I get a phone call and it's a doctor, a, do- a receptionist from a doctor's office. She says, oh, I'm just calling to book or to confirm your appointment for tomorrow. <laughs> and I'm like, I have an appointment tomorrow. I'm like, what, what is it for? Like, who are you? And yeah. she's like, oh, well, we're internal specialists. We deal with you, your body internally from the top of your head till your toes. Okay. This is a divine appointment. I have no idea where this is coming from. Yeah. I'm, I'm like, well, who booked this appointment? And she's like, I, I'm not sure. And she said, but you don't think you have an appointment with us? And I said, well, 
I'm not aware of any appointment, but I'm taking it. Like I need to come see you. And I'm crying because yeah. I'm like, I have an appointment tomorrow. I have to wait 24 hours. Like I, I just Amazing. was excited. Yeah. So, so I could get through 24 hours for that. I was just like, this is amazing. And I had big expectations for this appointment because this was a divine appointment that, uh-huh. that I didn't know. About. <laughs> so um, the next day I get to the appointment and it was not a divine appointment. It, she, it, <laughs> it was so disappointing, but she wanted to see all the medications I was on. And we had a really good chit chat about being in your forties Mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. um all of these yeah things fall yes. apart yeah and, you yeah. know and yeah probably the puffer is creating a lot of anxiety you know <laughs> but what it did is it made me mad I was like okay that's it this healthcare system it's not working I, I don't know yeah. what I'm supposed to be doing I've never had a health crisis I need to do something for me and that's when I became my own health advocate that appointment really just reminded me that um that I was the only one who was really going to solve this. So, uh, yeah, I, I left, uh, I left there, I came home and I just decided I was going to pray. I'm like, God, obviously you're with me. You're, you're sending, I mean, he always is anyways, but just this moment I realized with this lady sending me this message and then now seeing this appointment and there's nobody going to help me, but me. So I prayed and I just said, God, I don't know what to do. And I just, and like, I, maybe, I don't know, but it came to mind that I should call this natural path in the city. And I'd heard really great things about him and um, many, many testimonies of how wonderful things, like people have had good experiences. So I called immediately and I couldn't get in for seven days. So in the meantime, um, I decided that I was going to do all the research myself, which for some reason I hadn't done. Although, although I was looking up like addictions like Ativan addiction and stuff like that I hadn't really googled any of my symptoms or anything like that so crawled into bed had my iPad and my notepad and my pen and I was like okay I'm gonna find out what's going on and I started googling my symptoms Mm -hmm. and within about an hour this same diagnosis kept coming up and I was like oh and it was adrenal fatigue Mm -hmm. and nobody had said the word adrenals to me nobody had talked about adrenal fatigue um it was the first I had heard of it but every symptom that I had, I would say it was about 95% of my symptoms mm-hmm. all came back to adrenal fatigue. So like, I was really excited that I f- fell upon this. And I thought like, I think this is what this is. And it's from stress. It's from overworking yourself. Um, and then it depletes all the nutrients in your body. And at mm-hmm. some point, your body has nothing left to give. So it shuts you down. And whether that's anxiety or depression or postpartum, it's going to shut you down. So that's what happened. And so in the meantime, I'm waiting for this appointment to happen. And I had an amazing week that I want to tell you about that's full of miracles, like Mm. amazing, amazing miracles. I am loving this conversation, but first a word from my sponsor. Simply Counseling Services knows how hard it can be to find the right support in your mental health journey. That's why they work hard to keep it simple right from the start. With locations in both North and South Calgary, appointments in person or virtually, Simply Counseling can support you on your journey to healing. It starts with a phone call or an email. Visit their website at simplycounselingservices.com to start your healing today. So as I
as I'm waiting these seven days and I find out I have adrenal fatigue, I started uh, blending like and juicing stuff like that, like really trying to get my nutrients up. Mm-hmm. That was kind of what was recommended. So in the meantime, waiting for this appointment every day, I'm drinking these green smoothies twice a day. I can hardly choke them down. I'm still losing tons of weight. I can't, when you have adrenal fatigue, uh, you, you can't have any stress on your body. Like exercise isn't good. Um, sugar processed sugar is brutal. Fruit was fine, but processed sugar, I'd have anxiety attack. Alcohol, any pharmaceutical drug, I would have an anxiety attack. So my body was telling me what I could and could not have. Too much caffeine, my body would go crazy. So your body does know how to heal itself. It knows exactly what it needs. And so I would just have anxiety every time I couldn't have something. And pretty much I was down to organics, fruits and vegetables, stuff like that. This one particular day that week, Uh, The forest fires were burning in Alberta and in BC and all throughout the States. Yeah. This is one of a really um, amazing thing that God did, but uh, the air was full of smoke and I had pneumonia, have anxiety, can't breathe anyways, can't go outside. Like the whole community was just full of smoke. Yeah. Can't open my windows and our air. Yeah. Our air conditioner quit. So I was like, in medicine hat. 30 degrees, that whole stretch was 30 degrees. It had not rained in four weeks here. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and with 30 degrees weather or yeah, and no air conditioner, I started getting claustrophobic. So I have always had a bit of claustrophobia, mm-hmm. but it was really, really bad. And I was kind of prancing around my bedroom, like feeling a little out of control. And I opened the window just in case, you know, the smoke had disappeared. <laughs> and of course there's smoke and I'm not thinking right. And I'm mad and I close the window and I go diagonally across the hall to my son's bedroom. Cause the smoke on that side might be gone. <laughs> and I, it's clear I open, over there. Yeah. It's gotta be clear over there. Right. Somewhere yeah. I'm desperate for a yeah. breath of fresh air. <laughs> so I open his window and of course there's still smoke and I'm livid. I'm just so upset. Um, and I just leave his room. I don't think anything. I leave his window open. I leave his door open and I go plunk myself down at the table and I open up the weather app and I am determined to find out when it's going to rain. And I look and it is between 25 and 30 degrees for the next two weeks, full oh. sun, not a drop of rain. Yeah. And I'm in despair. Like I put my head down and I'm just like, God, just let me die. Like I I'm so, in such a bad way that day. I just wanted to die. Mm-hmm. And so I sat there for about 15 minutes. I was hoping I would just fall asleep. And all of a sudden I hear my neighbor shuffling his patio furniture and it startled me. And I was like, Oh, that's so weird that he's home today. And and whatever. And then a few minutes later, he shuffles it again. And um, all of a sudden, my son's bedroom door slams shut and startles me again. And I'm like, oh, like my nerves are just shot. And I go walking down the hall trying to figure out why would his door slam? Nobody was home. And so I open up the door and I look towards the, his window that I had left open. And there is this incredible windstorm. And it was blowing like stuff around. I thought it was a tornado and I'm scared spitless. And so I go to the window and I'm looking to see what's happening and things are flying everywhere. I'm sure a tornado is coming. And right before my eyes, this sheet of rain falls to the ground and literally it's pouring rain and it poured rain for 20 minutes straight. My garden was full of water. And I'm like, what is going on? I'm freaking out because God heard my prayer. Yeah. And so I'm like, I can't believe this. Like, this is not forecasted. Nobody saw it coming. It was sunny. 
And this wind blew in and brought this storm that dumped all yeah. over this community. Like the, um, like the crops, the farmer's crops were all dried up. It was just, uh, and so I went out on the deck and I was able to kind of, I couldn't breathe to the bottom of my lungs with the pneumonia, but I could get a, some fresh air and it blew the smoke out of the community for the rest of the summer. Like we didn't have any more smoke after that. Mm-hmm. So the, after this 20 minute rainfall, there was no more smoke in the air. Oh my God. So I'm just crying my eyes out. Like, I cannot believe this has happened. I can't believe me, this little speck on earth that God would hear my prayer and yeah. that he would answer it within 15 minutes. Yeah. Amazing. It's, I have goosebumps. Holy yeah. Crap. It was incredible. I have oh. a plaque on my wall that says the Lord heard my voice. He heard my cry. Oh. And just as a reminder of what he did for me that day. So later on that day, I called my girlfriends and I was like, you're not going to believe what happened today. And, she, and so I was telling her, she was, oh, I got caught in the middle of that storm. She's like, that was your storm. <laughs> she's like, my son and I were walking to Walmart because it was a beautiful day. And she's like, yeah, we got caught in the middle of the storm. We thought it was a tornado. And I'm like, oh, I'm so sorry. But <laughs> I needed that, man. <laughs> I really, really needed that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So amazing. it was, um, it was amazing. So I would like to say that that storm, um, you know, conquered all my um, problems, but it, I mean, it was, it's definitely faith building. Mm-hmm. Um, but two days later, I found myself still not able to breathe to the bottom of my lungs and still struggling with my health and, you know, waiting for specialist appointments and stuff like that. And then my second miracle happened. And um I was kind of, again, in the pit of despair and just feeling like I wasn't going to get better. And I'm still waiting to see my natural path. And I called a friend and I just was telling her how I was feeling. And she kind of has this way with God where God speaks to her in a special way. And she just said to me, well, what's God saying to you? Is God talking to you? And I said, yeah, every day I have this Bible app. It's called Jesus is Calling. If anybody's interested, it's amazing. Mm -hmm. And every day, like I'm encouraged by what I'm reading. And she goes, well, why don't you kind of go right down everything that you think God is saying to you. And why don't you go pray about that and just ask, you know, for some wisdom. I'm like, yeah, you know, it's a good idea. I, sh- I should do that. And so I did go and look through it. And what God was saying over and over again is that he was going to heal me and he was going to restore me. Mm-hmm. And so, so I claimed that I was like, okay, like I'm ready for this. Like I just need help. So, um, so I kind of pray in my bathtub. So, <laughs> and with pneumonia, I felt like I could breathe better in the bathtub. So Absolutely. I crawled into my bathtub with all this nice warm water and I sunk down in the tub and I just put my arms in the air and I just was like praying and, and I felt God telling me, I want you to repent of your sins. I'm like, okay, well, we're going to be here for a long time. <laughs> and he's like, just wherever you want to start, I just want you to repent. So yep. whatever you can think of when you're a teenager, wherever, just tell me everything. And so I put my arms in the air and I just started praying and I started like asking God to forgive me for everything, everything that I could think of. And as I was praying, my arms started vibrating. I had never felt it before. So I just, all I can say is I think it was the Holy Spirit Mm -hmm. and they just vibrated the whole time they were in the air. I could just feel this low vibration in my arms and the, and I just kept talking and telling him and repenting and repenting. And then I don't know why I did this, but obviously I think it was meant to be, but I just said, God, I'm just going to rebaptize myself like right here in my bathroom, (laughs) Mm -hmm. baptize myself again. And all of this took probably a good hour and a half. 
Mm-hmm. And so I was done. I felt really good. Um, and I came up out of the bathtub and I could take my first breath to the bottom of my lungs for the first time in six. Wow. I just, God just opened my lungs and I was so thankful. I just, it is horrible, shallow breathing for oh. a long period of time. It affects your health. It affects your mind. Mm-hmm. So anyways, unbelievable. Yeah. That is so beautiful. <laughs> so beautiful. Yeah, that was it like, was I have goosebumps again. Week. Seriously. <laughs> God is good. God is good. Don't so leave good. Jesus out of your healthcare plan. <laughs> no, for sure. Um, so we finally get to my naturopath appointment. Yeah. And I arrive and I don't know him. I I've never been to his office and he's a really wonderful person. And it was the first person who listened to me in six weeks where he actually listened to me. I talked for over 45 minutes about all my symptoms and he's asking questions the whole time and just telling him everything. He wants to know every single symptom that I have. Um, and at the end of the appointment, he says to me, well, I think I can help you. And I'm like, oh, good. <laughs> and he said, you have adrenal fatigue. I start crying again (laughs) and I'm like, I do. I never told him. I did not tell him that I knew I had adrenal fatigue. Yeah. And so, yeah, it was validated what you already knew and listened. The listening. Oh, I can't tell you how much that meant to me. I was so relieved. Like when I went into the appointment, I was thinking, okay, really fast. I have to, I have to get all this information in, right? And no, he wanted me to slow right down. He needed to know every detail. So it was pretty amazing. So I took the supplements that he gave me. I was scared when I left his office. I told him, I said, I am scared spitless to take this because every time I put something in my body, I get like something. 10 anxiety. Mm-hmm. So I'm afraid. And he said, don't be, he says, I do not think you're going to have that reaction at all. And he was right. So I went home, I took everything, my body re- received it all. And I had no anxiety. Like I didn't have anxiety from that. I just had my normal anxiety. Um, the second dose. So you take one in the day, day, there's quite a number of things he was giving me. And then in the afternoon, I took an, another dose mm-hmm. around supper time. I was taking my husband a lunch or supper. And as I was driving, I noticed right away, the lights in the shopping center were really vivid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was like, what is going on? Am why I in Vegas? They, why are they so bright? Exactly. <laughs> and I was kind of freaked out. And so I went home right away as soon as I dropped that off and I called him, you could call between five and six. So if you had any problems, every single day, you just call between five and six and he'd talk you through things. So I said, like, I'm not complaining but this is what's happening. And he kind of started laughing and he said, oh yeah, he said, that can happen. I'm like, how? Like, how can all of a sudden I see better? And he just said, well, this two combinations might be too much for you. It's overstimulating you. So he says, let's just, you know, break them up and we'll do one in the morning, one in the afternoon. And that did work. But that was my first kind of clue that, you know, it was just really interesting. That is and that so things, interesting. things were going to get better. Yeah. And within three days, my anxiety in six weeks went to 50% amazing so three days of and I was juicing too so that really really helped like blending and juicing I was making sure every day I was doing that twice a day as well so that was helping what else we were doing yeah but um I just wanted to quickly go over just because people might be kind of interesting in in what I took I am I want to (laughs) know 
Well, all you have to do is look up adrenal fatigue and there is tons of information on it. So you can find out more than what I'm going to say here, but uh, so twice a day I would blend green. So I made sure, of course I would put some fruit in, but I was like celery and spinach, um, lots of fruits and vegetables, ginger, really natural stuff and organic if I could get it. Um, but I didn't worry too much about that. I just needed the nutrients. So, um, so, so juicing twice a day or blending and then omega-3 fish oils. And the main thing that I talk about all the time, I'm always preaching about this is magnesium. We are so magnesium deficient in this country. Uh, magnesium is really, really important. And the magnesium that I take is, uh, it's called OptiMag 125. And you can take up to four of those a day, but especially if you have anxiety, you can just pop a magnesium pill instead of Ativan mm -hmm. and it will knock your anxiety out. Um, so magnesium, selenium, which is in Brazil nuts. So you only need to eat two or three Brazil nuts a day. B vitamins, uh, zinc, iodine. And one of my favorite things that he prescribed that I use with my kids and use with other people that are going through depression is something called L-theanine. It's L-T-H-E-N-I-N-E. -E. Uh -huh. It's an extract of green leaf tea. Yeah. And so if you drink green tea, you're getting L-theanine and it, it's a mood enhancer so it just kind of picks up your mood so if you're having a bad PMS day or yeah. or you're just um you know feeling down it's not habit forming from what I understand but check with your naturopath about that but that mm -hmm. stuff works amazing and so um that that's and you get all of that at at like a natural food store or where, where you can, can like you can get it at different places like planet organic and things like okay. that but I would recommend you go to a naturopath because the stuff that I got there compared to what I was getting at my naturopath, I, th I thought was working better and was better quality. I've tried different things. Okay. So I always get my stuff from the natural path. Um, so that's my story, but I did want to read something as well. That's absolutely. Okay. okay. Absolutely. So what I would want to tell your listeners, um, I want you to tell someone about it. I encourage you to share with others what's happening to you. Normalize mental health by talking about it. I felt God telling me if I did not start talking about it, I would not get better. And that was true. I was determined to tell the truth. So if somebody asked me how I was, I had to tell them. I was met with different reactions. Some people could not relate or seem to care. Some people said things like, we should have coffee sometime, but the invitation never came. Others expressed sympathy, and some people prayed powerful prayers over me. I remember uh, this lady coming into the store, and I told her how I was, and she said, I want to pray for you, and she pulled me into the aisle, and she prayed the most beautiful prayer over me, and it just, when I see her to this day, I'm so endeared to her. I just, it's what I needed, and mm -hmm. I was just so thankful that she took me seriously, and that she prayed. Um, the other thing I want to talk about is our family is doing uh, counseling uh, with Ernie Wooters through Seven Edge Success. You can find his uh, stuff on Facebook and Instagram. Um, one thing that Ernie talks about often is not going to jail for other people's offenses and people don't know what they don't know. So even though some people said things that were not compassionate or they did not respond in a supportive way, I had to remember they had no experience. They had not experienced what I had gone through. So they had no way of supporting or relating to my situation. Therefore, they didn't know what they didn't know. Mm -hmm. Getting mad about that is going to jail for other people's offenses. So I had to have grace on those that did not understand, even when I needed their grace and support. I had to keep talking and found support with others who did understand. So don't give up and keep talking until you find what you need. And don't leave Jesus out of your health. 
Shauna, that is exactly what I needed to hear today. I'm glad. I'm so glad that you gave me the opportunity to tell my story. It is, oh my goodness. It's so true in so many of my situations that I've talked about on my podcast is I've always been looking for people that got it got got what I was going through and for some of some of that I was angry that people weren't yeah I know and but they can't understand they can't understand like I I wouldn't have understood anxiety you know what I thought about anxiety before this I thought get over it like don't be so anxious what are you worried about but now I'm like Oh my goodness, that that's horrible. But but I didn't understand. I kn- I know ex- experience with it. Mm-hmm. So people, they don't understand know. what they don't know. <laughs> they don't know what they don't. They don't know, know what they don't know. <laughs> and yeah. I'm hoping one day to get Ernie on my podcast. He has I agreed will, to come on. <laughs> I will be totally getting him on my podcast because what we talked about the other day was just powerful, mm-hmm. and if it can help one person, one family, like, oh, what he's doing is amazing. So it is amazing. can't wait. I just wanted to put a little teaser in there for when I do get him on. So tell well, him now he's going to have to come on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he has yeah. an option at this point. <laughs> he doesn't have an option. Ernie, did you hear that? <laughs> oh, I'm so grateful, Shauna, for obviously our years and years and years and years and years of friendship and that God gave me, and I don't want to cry here, that God gave me that nudge to go and ask you for lunch. I'm really thankful. And I really appreciate you. And I want to just tell you how proud I am of what you're doing. I think it is absolutely amazing because you also have given up your career to do what you want to do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Yeah. I'm proud to call you my friend. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I'm just so grateful for all of the, the support you've given me over the years, especially in this parenting phase Yeah, (laughs) that when we were, um, partying, we never party. What are you talking? Oh yeah. Now you're telling my sins. (laughs) Kids might be listening. We never, ever, ever foresaw this. Did we? No, no. (laughs) No, (laughs) I thought parenting was going to be easy. Oh, easy breezy lemon squeezy. (laughs) Just like breastfeeding. Wasn't that natural? Oh, totally natural. Yeah. And and having kids just getting pregnant. Oh, easy. (laughs) It's all easy. It's nuts. But the good thing is, is we are laughing right now. Yeah. Right. Like yeah, even in the shittiest days, you're going to live. <laughs> but the important thing is finding somebody, anybody to talk to. Get support. Don't stop. Like if people, if you don't get what you, what you need from one person, there's people out there, but you have to talk about it. And I remember yeah. the day God telling me, if you don't start talking about this, you're not going to get better. And I was like, seriously, it's bad enough. Like I'm trying to deal with myself, but now I have to tell other people, but that's how I found resources. That's how I found the breathing clinic. Um, that was amazing. Yeah. Uh, so using your voice, use your voice. And that's my whole thing. Why your voice is important because 
you can write things down as much as you want. And I'm not um, dismissing writing. I think that's extremely powerful to get your thoughts out. Yes. But in order to get the help, you need to actually share yeah. that with somebody. It's true. And not face it alone. Yeah. And I love the bell. Let's talk movement mm-hmm. because why can't we talk about this stuff? Yeah, we should be able to. And there is absolutely nothing wrong with not being okay. No, because that, let's be real. Everybody is yeah. not okay at some point. It's true. Everybody. So, yeah, I like this quote that talks about not judging people because that might be your problem tomorrow, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm actually really thankful that I went through all this, even though that was the summer from hell, it turned out to be the summer of victory. And I am just thankful that I went through that because I completely understand mental health issues and I can support people. There's no judgment. And it's made me a better person. One of my friends said recently, you're so different. She said, you're, you're, and I said, yeah, I have softened. I I'm like, I just care and I want people to get better and I understand and, and I'm glad that I'm softened. Mm-hmm. And I think that God has put a lot of people through mm-hmm. this journey in order to have a team of people that are softened yes to handle the crap that is happening right now yeah because can you imagine there being no support for people right now and nobody being there for each other during this year right exactly right so um yeah and we can zoom like this is new right this is like I feel like I'm having coffee with you I know and we we haven't been able to do this for a very long time so I'm just I'm so grateful for for the time that you spent with me today and I know that this information and what you went through your journey will help other people it will I hope so so you're not alone you're not alone so thank you so much thank you for having me well that is a wrap for another episode of hard beautiful journey please be sure and come back next time and until then you can find me on facebook and instagram as ms tiff vaughn and hard beautiful journey as well as my website tiffanyvaughn.ca until next time be kind and stay well bye-bye